Thanks for tuning in to the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. I am Josh Roop. With me, my co-captain, as always. Scott Larson. And Scott, it has been quite the exciting uh, two weeks, it seems yeah, like. Wow, we, uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> well, I think once we had Joe Cam and Cal on it, basically just uh, it woke the news. So Exactly. And we had a lot of positive feedback. We'll get to that here in a little well, bit. Well, we got some interesting feedback, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But let's let's talk about uh, flipping out because I think they if if you haven't called them yet they definitely have something you can buy. Well, I, I, Josh, did did you order anything recently? Because I, I I did. I did as well. I got myself. I, I, I got I got a Beatles premium. That's what I got. Oh, is that what you got? <laughs> <laughs> After... Actually, okay. I will say I did text Zach and I was like, I'm kind of interested in the Beatles. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll put you on the list. But anyway, what we know what you ordered and we know what I ordered. Go ahead. I've Godzilla premium. Yeah, me too. I, and we'll talk about that. That's uh, coming up later on the show. But yeah, uh, contact Zach and Nicole. Uh, they've always been really, one, they're great friends of the show. They've always supported us. They are sponsored of the show and they've really helped us out. Um, but two, I have been able to get a lot of great things from Zach and uh, Nicole. And it's just, uh, if you are looking for anything on your machine, they'll go above and beyond. And including what else can they get? It's not just pinball machines. They've got the Raw Thrills arcade games. Yeah. If you want that full sit down Halo game, I oh, say go for man, it. Man, I it, I would love to have one of those sit down Jurassic Park games. Oh, you so know, great. Man. It'd be so <laughs> awesome. Welcome yeah, to my I, arcade. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to drive through it. Uh, yeah, but those uh, Big Buck Hunter, man, what an what an awesome game! If you want, if you want to really uh, up your location or your home, great game to have. Yep, and like I said, best way to get a hold of Zach is I go through Messenger. Uh, dude's hard to get a hold of on the phone, which is all right. But seriously, if I text Zach, I have I have an answer within minutes. Email, yeah, just go to Flipping Out Pinball, uh, yeah. and they'll have all the contact ways that you prefer. So they are fantastic. So okay, well, you know what we uh, we all know that Godzilla came out, and we that is going to be the bulk of our show. Um, let us, you know what? Why don't we start with the the pinball auction? Okay, yeah, so, definitely. Okay, what, what, what pinball auction are you talking about? Yeah, I, I okay. There was an auction. Even, Okay, so the Museum of Pinball, which we talked about before, I, I'm still a little frustrated by this. If the intent was to to actually keep the collection whole and actually make it some sort of uh, visible location, but it just seemed kind of weird. It seemed that they were, and we talked about this before, so I don't want to rehash it, but they were moving to a place that was a little more user-friendly, and then something about the lease and something about uh, leasing their building to a marijuana distributor or grower or something like yeah. that. And then last minute, they basically, without even any sort of public effort, I'm not going to say there wasn't a private effort, but a public effort to actually figure out a way of making this done. They basically just said, we're closing up shop. Yeah. And man, marijuana shop must be going there because some people were smoking something. Ooh, they, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So, okay. Did they even say how much they, uh, what, like what total funds were raised by this? Not yet because it still goes on again this weekend. They haven't sold all the collection yet. So who <sighs> yeah. knows at this point, uh, someone totaled it up. I thought they said it was three and a half to 4 million. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's crazy. Just um, the auction house in their collection alone or in their take alone is like half a million. So, you know what? I, okay. 
this is a private collection, so I, I can't begrudge anybody for doing what they want with their private collection. It is sad because it had a lot of, of machines that I think were really difficult to find and, and rare, but it's, and they're going somewhere, right? It's not like they LaGuardied them, LaGuardia, uh, whatever his name is. Uh, it's not like they took him and like chopped him up and put him in the East River. I mean, th these are going to enthusiasts home and boy, oh boy, if you are an enthusiast and you had money to burn, this was your auction. Yep. Well, I think the other frustrating thing that has been voiced to us is the fact that how much money was spent on this auction. And granted, this is a private collection. I guess Papa was a little hamstrung because they're a not they're a, a a not for profit, a non for profit. Yeah. So you can't just outright. I guess they had to go through some hoops to sell their collection. Yeah. And, I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about the backstory. I, I feel bad that Papa wasn't able to do something like this. But seriously, Papa could have sold half their collection. For what happened here with Museum of Pinball, yeah. Papa could have sold half their collection and kept the facilities open and running for at least another year or two. Yeah, I, I'm still holding out hope that there's going to be some... Uh, there's obviously some angel, uh, <laughs> some angel investors out there that have yeah. uh, buckets of money who could be able to put on something or to revisit something Papa like, or, yeah. uh, you know, or uh, replay FX like um, who knows? Cause it, again, the games went somewhere. They didn't, they didn't get exploded, but yeah. it's nice to, you know, nice to know they're out there, but okay. Let's talk about the prices though. Uh, yeah. Let's what, some of these prices. What jumped. Okay. I'll tell you the first thing that jumped out at me. Moon Cresta. Okay, Mooncresta. So if you go to their uh, the auction results, you can actually sort. And so I sorted by the price. And Mooncresta was a video game that I played probably when I was eight. And it takes about 30 seconds until you blow up. And someone bought that for a thousand bucks. Crazy. Uh, and, and it's fine. Like, it's obviously a classic game, but wow. Okay, so let's sort up to the top, though. That's I, no one wants to know what Mooncresta. Who wants to talk about the expensive, crazy games that were sold? Well, what's funny is like, like I was telling you, because I was like, "Are you going to hit the auction?" And you're like, "No, I don't think so." And I'm like, "Why not?" I'd followed Captain Auction for about a year now through a few of their auctions, and I mean, you're not going to get a super amazing deal off one of these pinball machines, but if you're looking for a specific title and you're having a hard time getting a hold of it. You're going to get, usually, the, this one's way out of the norm, this auction itself, but previous auctions you could get within the ballpark of pin side pricing. Yeah, yeah, and, and obviously paying a little bit of a premium because of an auction, but there is sometimes you can get an auction for roughly plus or minus 20% of what pin side is. Correct. And so I was, I was like, I'm going to keep an eye out on this auction. And uh, I was kind of thrown for a loop when. <laughs> so, so you're the one who bought the Adams family for twenty two thousand five hundred. You know it. Okay, I, I there has to be something special about this Adams family because <laughs> there's there's nothing that is uh, one Adams family. I'm sorry, is not worth a twenty two thousand five hundred dollar game. No, it's um, not. I don't care how nice it is. It's not that. It's not that yeah. game. No, I agree. Twenty two five for an Adams family. I mean, didn't they produce over twenty two thousand of these games? So you paid uh, well, a dollar. I don't. Th I don't think it was twenty two thousand, but it was. Uh, it it was a lot. 
So you could argue it's the most produced modern pinball yes. machine of all time. Yeah, and that, and that's fair. And now others could have legitimately pushed that if they kept it going. They cut some short. Yeah, this so, wasn't a gold edition at all either, was it? It was just an Adams family. I yeah, I don't know, I and mean, it just seems so weird. So this is the amount of Adams family according to IPDB. They they did twenty thousand two hundred seventy of them. So still, you, that's that's a you, good chunk of pinball. Yeah, well, you can't tell me that uh, you can't search at the other. 20269 and yeah. offer anybody $18,000 for it and they would sell it immediately. Yeah. So uh, there has to be something bizarre about that. Um, uh, Hercules. Uh, so just in case you have a, a gimmick game that's the size of a, uh, a pool table, $18,000. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah the the bonsai run and again. And, it's, well, two of them, two of them sold. It looks like it, it looks like I'm not really sure. It says lot lot number four six nine. It has the same number, so I don't know. Oh, if that maybe means they just doubled it up. Yeah. It's a, it's an error. Uh, Elvira House of Horrors limited edition fourteen thousand. I mean, okay, Back to the mm. Future. Okay, so Back to the Future. Obviously, Joe Cam and Cow was right. Uh, Fourteen thousand dollars for Back to the Future. Yeah. Data East produced this in 1990 with only 3,000 produced. Yeah. Remember, Cam and Cow told us it took us a whopping them a whopping six, six weeks. Six weeks. Plus, Michael J. Fox uh, took away his likeness, pulled the plug at the very end. Thirty-four hundred dollars. Yeah. For Back to the Future. Yeah. Well, so that's what, because you're buying the you're buying the theme. You're I. That's the only thing you're paying the money for. Still, so, like. But, so for I guarantee that is not a fourteen thousand dollar game. No, Cosmic Princess. Seriously, a solid state Cosmic Princess for thirteen five. Again, I just don't. Some of these are just odd. I mean, that's a odd. Kate. Okay. So what's your takeaway from this whole uh, Museum of Pinball? Uh, I, I, it's an enigma for me. So what, what do you think? I really think it's kind of um, anomaly in the hobby. I don't think this is something that is going to redefine pricing. I mean, it, people are going to attempt. We're already starting to see it where people are attempting to sell their Adams family now for 20 grand and a really trashed Quicksilver for 15 um, or for 10. I can't remember exactly yeah. how much it was. I mean, it was it was five it, figures. Yeah, it was in Australia. And so there is a limited uh, fact quantity factor, but still, yeah. But still, we're. <sighs> I, it, it becomes the whole eBay argument, right? Like yeah. someone goes to sell their, their shadow that they've had in their basement for 15 years that they have never done any service on. And they're like, this is a, this is a $9,000 game. Yeah. Ooh, I eBayed why? it and this is what I'm listing it for. Exactly. Yeah. So I really think, uh, this is a flash in the pan. I hope it is. I, 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 I don't know. This seemed to be a little more like a blood in the water situation and a feeding yeah. frenzy and a, and a fear of missing out, a FOMO situation. Yeah. Because I see there were some rare games that came up here that don't usually come up. And so I think there was a little bit of a blood in the water, but it felt a little bit like a fire that kept growing and people, it was such a national, we're selling it now and people jumping on it. I, this would never happen again. Yeah. So I, and now I will say, who knows the next edition of their auction, they, it may go crazy again. 
However, I think that some people have looked at this with the with time on their side and said that was kind of crazy. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I and like I said, this had a lot more national coverage. There was a lot of coverage to this story. Well, so. there were national news. Like my, yeah. I had people who I mean, they know I'm in pinball. So my brother sent me articles on, on these things. Like, hey, the museum of pinball is closing. I'm just like, yeah, but it's kind of a private collection that people saw like three times a yeah. year. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, okay. So I, I'm interested in hearing uh, everybody else's thoughts. So, yeah, give us your thoughts uh, in the comments the in the episode below or on Pinside. So, all right, let's let's move on. We've got in our notes uh, Twip hiatus. Let's let's talk about this really quick. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. I there's a lot to unpack here. So, what do you think, Josh? This was I say if you really want to get a, a really good deep dive on this. Head over to Eclectic Gamers Podcast. It's their most recent episode. They did a fantastic job of deep diving this. And not only deep diving the uh, the, the hiatus, but FTC regulations and stuff like that, is, which was kind of involved in this situation as well. Um, and I don't know. I just kind of want to ex- echo Dennis and, and Tony did a really good job. Uh, yeah. I don't think I have much more to add other than what they said. They there is certainly some challenges anytime you're in some sort of broadcasting arena that if you have a relationship somehow where it's a sponsorship or a financial one or something, yeah. there is a, a responsibility to disclose that there is some sort of arrangement. You don't have to disclose what the arrangement is, but you you do have to at least be transparent enough to say that they are part of putting on the show or yeah. Um, now the, the challenge has always been, I, since we're very simple, yeah. uh, I, we've never really had to deal with most of this stuff. If you are publishing something that's like this week in pinball, uh, and you have any arrangements with other people, then the, I don't know how complicated or entwined that is. Yeah. Um, I, if there is any sort of relationship with Robert Mueller, we talked about this, that there is a, you know, there's an investigation an SEC investigation um, on Robert Mueller. And so that could be challenging if you are, uh, somehow on the payroll. Yeah. But it's, I don't know what else to say other than it's a blow to the hobby. Yes. Um, Jeff does a really good job of summarizing the the top five things. And if you didn't have time to look at Pinside all week, I always hopped on this week in pinball to check it out. So um, my thought is um, it's a messy situation, just like Deep Root, that there are no winners in this. Yeah. It's uh, everybody's losing somehow. So I, I feel bad that um, that whatever whatever was going on with Jeff and Deep Root and This Week in Pinball, that it has taken down an area of the of the hobby that I think was vital and valuable. Yeah. So in my heart, I hope that. Um, he's able to figure things out. And if he's able to come back in some form, then I would welcome him back. Um, but it, it just, it just makes me sad. Uh, what about you, Josh? Same here. Um, I told, you know, shortly after Patterson had wrote the letter and put it out there, I told him it, it really sucks. And the reason being is, uh, I don't know about you guys, but for us, you know, I know that head to head and Zach many when he was with this week in pinball helped kind of encourage us to keep going or heard what the, liked what they heard when I sent the pilot episode 
and said, keep going with it, you know? So, um, I felt like we had really hit maybe legitimacy when, when this week and pinball shared our podcast and said, Hey, go give these guys a listen. And then started covering our content because we were putting out interviews and stuff like that. Um, I always viewed this week in pinball as a very non-biased pinball resource. And so, um, it does stink cause it, let's be honest. Most of us podcasts are somewhat biased one way or another on certain, certain subjects We're I feel like Scott and I are pretty good at, um, being constructive criticism. Um, but there's just, there's some people out there that, well, besides deep root, when we talk about deep root, we might not be as constructive, but well, I, okay. But I was honest. Yes. Uh, so, it, like, but my point being is, is I felt like this week in pinball was a very, here's the facts, here's the information kind of get what you want out of it. Well, I think it was more of a, uh, and that's where, um, again, I, I don't, um, I, I don't think that Robert Mueller's, uh, I'm going to be on his Christmas card list anytime yeah. soon. Um, but it's, uh, if he is involved somehow, it makes it challenging. Yeah because um there is some sort of credibility issue if you are um if it's a promotional uh attitude or a promotional arrangement excuse me but again i i'm not going to dive into that because i know i don't have any direct knowledge of any of that stuff and so i'm just hoping that maybe it's time to take a hiatus jeff can figure things out he can untangle things because i think he is a an asset to the hobby no i agree and like i said Definitely go give Eclectic Gamers a listen. Um, I kind of, after listening to them, I went and reread the letter. Uh, I kind of agree. The the letter's not as polished as other content. I know, um, I think the problem is, is a lot of a lot of the stuff that Deep Root put out was through TWIP. And so I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just a distancing kind of thing because what Robert Mueller did was pretty messed up. And so yeah, I just, it, it sucks. That it, it's, it's, this is, I'm not saying TWIP is dead because obviously they came out with a deep dive on Godzilla, but uh, it stinks. This is, this is kind of how it ramps down, you know? Yeah. And it's a crash. Yeah. It's, it's a full on implosion. So hopefully they can, they can retool and figure things out. Uh, I agree. I, I, we have, you have a, a more of a relationship with Jeff than I do. I've never met him or talked to him, but yeah. um, we sincerely hope that he's able to figure things out. Yeah. And uh, I think that uh, when when and if he decides to re-enter the hobby as a uh, as a publisher, then or even a podcaster, then I I think he would be welcomed. My my thought process too is, and I think a lot of people were wondering this: what happens with the Twippies? Uh, I know in the letter he talked a lot about financially trying to keep not just this week in pinball float, but the Twippies cost a lot of money, and he alluded this into the letter that they pretty much broke even last year. Yeah. So is it even worth his time to, I know that they love doing the twippies and stuff like that. Is it even worth his time doing it though, because it's, it, it might become money out of right. his pocket to do that, you know? And, and, and he went above and above, above, above and beyond last year. Cause anyone that was in the top 10 then got a plaque. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. those aren't free, you know? So it, t- it takes a lot to actually do stuff like that. So, you know, it's, you know, again, wishing him the best and, uh, whatever needs to be worked out i hope it's done i agree good luck yeah best of luck so uh 
Let's let's hit the stern news. Let's start with the fir- the thing that came out first, Scott. Let's talk about the internet connectivity. What do you what do you think? It's finally it's been teased to us for over at at least over a year because it was originally supposed to come out with Avengers. It had been alluded to from Gomez and from Gary Stern on interviews that big things were coming with this, and it finally came out a week and a half ago. Yeah. What's your thoughts on it? This is a logical and necessary next step to pinball. Yep. Um, the challenge that we've always had with pinball is it's very location-centric. And even if you look at the tournaments, it's very much... A, uh, the, the ones that got the most credibility were the head to head tournaments because you're competing on the same machine and you're able to, uh, um, you can say, well, if they got, uh, you know, 300 million and that guy got 280 million, then it's a head to head comparison that the guy with 300 million won with, uh, with moving past the the my generation, because my generation is the generation that we grew up with black and white and color TVs. We, we grew up with VCRs. <laughs> we grew up with going to the arcade. I was, my whole childhood was centered around going to a physical location to play. Yep. Now, as, uh, as the entertainment value has changed with home gaming becoming significantly better or equal to arcade gaming, and now arcade gaming has really transitioned into more of the raw thrills is king if you look at any sort of arcade walk in there it's every single game is a raw thrills game and that's because it's an experience you're sitting in it. it's an environmental they're oversized games that you can't really replicate at home um but pinball is kind of this I want to say orphan child, but it's been set into this. Um, everybody thinks of the chimes and the bells and whistles uh, like a like a 1950s pinball machine. If you talk to any average person who is not familiar with the sport at all, yeah. they're going to think of the classic pinball machine. Yep. Um, and it's the same thing when you think of um, my generation or slightly younger they went through the nineties, the glory days of, well, okay. The, the last gasp of the arcade until it finally died, yeah. uh, really with uh, PlayStation two coming about and people taking their money to home consoles. So this is one way of getting to the next generation. Cause what are the kids playing now? Cause that's really where the next generation of, of players are. So yeah. the kids are playing games. They're playing online games and it's a, competitive thing. So they're doing an amazing thing of being able to say, okay, I'm going to hop on and play all these games in this big universe Yeah, and having some way. And I'm not saying it's perfect because it's a mechanical game. That's uploading whatever achievements you're doing. But if they have some sort of way of saying, these are the recommended settings on the machine and then having some sort of internet online presence, you have to have this to be uh, relevant in yeah. the next phase of the of you know of the careers degeneration because this is a way for kids well and when i say kids i I'm, I'm 47 so anybody younger than me is a kid but it's a way for people to try to interact on a level that's outside of logan's arcade or or outside of free gold watch or yeah. or sunshine laundry or something so you can say wow did you see the score of that guy who did this and so 
it drives people to go on location and play or go to their friend's house and play and have some sort of online presence. Because if you don't have any sort of online uh, presence in gaming or any entertainment thing, you really become a relic. That, that's my take. And so I understand why it's vital for them to incorporate this. And they've obviously been planning it a long time because all the Spike 2 games are going to be retroactively fit with this. Yep. So I mean, that's my take. What, what's your take, Josh? Uh, I think it is a good step forward. I think it's an incentive for operators um, because it helps not only with location play, but it helps with diagnostics. Gomez had alluded in the Stern Insider podcast, there was a lot more coming down the pipeline. We're kind of just scratching the surface of what's releasing with Godzilla. Um, I wasn't a super huge fan of the whole verified thing. You can only do that on location. But looking at it from a different angle, is that's, that's kind of a way for Stern to help operators get more traffic drive to their location. Um you also can verify if a, if an operator is playing by a certain set of rules, then at least there's some legitimacy to whatever scores are entered. True. And I if like it, the, if it's home, you know, there's going to be one dude who puts rubber bands over the outlanes yeah. and it basically makes it obsolete. But there's easy, there's easy ways to verify at home. I mean, streaming has become a huge thing. There's a lot more streamers. It kind of exploded here during COVID and so it would be easy just to stream the fact that, hey, that everything's set up the way it's supposed to be and play on on the stream. But uh, at least at location, you know, there's only one dude, maybe two, that has the key to the game and there, no one else is going to be messing with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I like the idea of them giving away stuff, like you competing in local, what they call it, like treasure hunts and stuff like that. Um my only thought process is like, I wish they would have not called the stuff quests when you go to different locations. Cause I'm like, I mean, that's, that's directly using like the pin quest name. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's kind of weird to me. Like some of the stuff already existed and I feel like some of it draws from that, but Stern became up with their own platform because it's Stern and, and, that's fine. You know, JJP's using Scorebit. Stern came up with their own program. I would say that, yeah, Stern came up with their own program. And yes, you can say that it's um, it's going to be biting into other, other groups. But yeah. it's only natural that they would integrate something with their own operating system. Yeah. And if it ends up being diagnostics, I mean, what a great... Um, how long have I been talking about for this to for pinball to grow you need to have some sort of ability to teach people okay so if you have this thing and you you scan the the qr code and it's it's linked up to stern's uh system and it says hey you're getting an error on this here's the video that says what you need to do to fix it yeah and so what, a, and this is just me brainstorming here, but what a great way of doing it as opposed to, oh, well, it's, wait, you have a credit dot on there? Okay, let's look and see. Okay, what does the credit dot mean? Okay, pull out the manual, dust it off. What, how do I find anything on there? If it actually connects with the database and, and sends it to you on your phone, then you're going to get the game up and running. 
Well, not only that too. I mean, I operated pinball for about two years in my local town and it stunk when I showed up and the coin box was near empty and I talked to the owner because I only go check it once a month. There's no reason to go check it more than that. And they're like, yeah, like you were here and then like five days later it broke. I'm like, why did anyone call me? And they're like, we don't know. And so for the fact that like Stern said that an operator can get a notification right to their phone that one of their games are down, that's game changing to me. Huge. I think mm-hmm. the only thing that could be more game changing at this point, and maybe this is in Stern's bank of what's coming out, but I mean, sorry, I got a QR reader in it. Venmo has your own personal QR code. Start scanning in payments. That's Bingo. one of the biggest hurdles. As as I was an operator, I could not get people to put coins in the stupid thing. Because you because unless you have a coin a, a coin changer right there, but absolutely you hit right on it. Is that if you have electronic payment, that is a game changer for operators because yep. boom, we are talking money right there. I, I was at a I was at my kid's school fair tonight. And I didn't pull out one dollar bill. Yep. So everything was electronic, and that is uh, that is brilliant if they have that option to to use Venmo or something. Well, and everything's contactless nowadays mm-hmm. with COVID world we're living in, whatnot. Absolutely. And honestly, it's if a contactless I had, payment, and then put your fingers on the bump on the buttons. You know it. But honestly, if I had one of these in a bar and a drunk dude wobbles up and he just starts swiping his QR code, you're going to make a lot more money than the guy that he's half drunk. He can't figure out where the coin slot is. Then he realizes he only has a, a debit card on him. He goes to the yeah, front. He, he puts in know? one coin and hits the button and he doesn't figure it out. So. Yeah. Then he gets mad and starts kicking the thing. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. This is so much more simplistic and I, I like it. I, I'm excited to see where this takes us. Yeah. So. It, I, it's it is necessary. I, I wouldn't even say it's elective. I understand why they developed it. This is the necessary next step. So, so they they announce this, and then they give us a teaser trailer for their next game, which is Godzilla. Godzilla. Did I mean we've known this for two and a half years ever since? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. The the once they signed it uh, away from Spooky then yes, this was, you knew eventually they were going to make this because, uh, well, there's a chance they could have squatted on it. But yeah, I, th- I think the bottom line is they were planning on making this because there was obviously a reason for it. So, okay. I'm going to start off with one beef though. Okay. Okay. We, so they did the teaser trailer. Fantastic. Whatever. They've done this with every release. You get a 10 second teaser trailer of them showing the next game's title, right? But then they release the video three days later, or whatever. So they, and you've got a minute and 23 second video. Mm-hmm. The first 13 seconds are showing them that you can scan your phone into the game. Awesome. That's your new feature, whatever. The plunge, you don't actually see the play field or a ball rolling across it till 13 seconds in. Mm-hmm. You see the pro for, I think, 20 seconds. Then you've got a segue into the premium, which is fine. You get another 20 seconds of the premium. And then the last 20 seconds of the of the video is just outro. It's it's showing Godzilla again. It's showing Toho. It's showing Stern Pinball. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, and, and the weird part about this release, they've done this with every other release. And I don't know why they did it with, didn't do it with this one. 
but they usually release at the very bare minimum three videos. They show a game trailer, which is all the games put in one into one trailer. Then they have a pro features, and then they have a premium slash le features video. And sometimes they'll do accessories, sometimes not. Whatever on that one. But why, why did we not get a pro and a premium? Like, I felt like we saw such little gameplay. I mean, they showed off the awesome mechs and stuff like that. But, like, I want to see the game. Like, I don't want to spend a minute and 20 seconds, more than half of that, on, on titles and, and, and your new feature and stuff like that. Okay. I mean, that's just but, me. Okay. Did you order the game? Well, yes. Okay. So, I, I, it, it accomplished what it was intended to do, right? I was okay. I was in on the pre-order list back in July. Okay, I, I get it. I, <laughs> me too. I, I, I am. Uh, uh, I, I have a feeling that Elwin's going to take over my entire game room because every single game he ha- he releases, I'm going to buy. Yeah. So yes. Um, now, what was your? Now I, I get it, but uh, yeah, it it will be nice, but we just have to wait a little longer. That's yeah. fine. Anticipation is part of it, right? Yeah, I'm just saying if you have a game trailer and you're showing off a game, you should show the game in your trailer instead of uh, yeah. Anywho. So let's okay. move on. So oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's our t- entire entire uh, yeah. Godzilla wrap yep. up. So okay, No, I'm so, saying let's move on from the tr- yeah, anyhow. Okay, let's okay. Let's talk about the theme. What does the theme Godzilla do for you? So I Let's actually just rewind two seconds. Okay. What does the Toho Godzilla theme do for you? Because I'm actually kind of shocked they didn't. They've released four movies in the last five years of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. They're rebooting what they're calling the Monster Verse. Are you kind of shocked that it was Toho and not the new stuff? Uh, depends on the price of the license. Uh, so I, I, I was, will I say thought it was the package deal though. Okay. So when any average person thinks of Godzilla, what do they think? Do they think the new stuff or do they think kind of the, the campy dude in the rubber sh- suit dancing around? Uh, and okay. That's what I think when I think of Godzilla. So the theme itself did very little for me because yeah. it was it was kind of Jason and the Argonauts, the the stop motion photography, the really bad special effects, the the B movie feel where you know you ended up watching it at a a PTA movie back in the days. Kids, you would actually buy a PTA movie, and on Saturdays your kids, your parents would drop you off, and all the kids would go to the Sticky Shoe Theater and they would watch some some bad movie for ninety minutes. And they had these movies. So I, I, that's kind of what, um, I wasn't super interested in Godzilla really. I, I actually never even saw the new ones because I've watched them. They're decent. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. I just never felt that it was, I, I, it's not, it's not my bag. It's not my thing. So, so Mm -hmm. I, the license did very little for me. What about you? Um, I agree. I wasn't super enthralled for a Godzilla themed pinball machine. Um, I will say though, I am into campy stuff. I, I have said it before. I enjoy the Aquabats. Uh, I mean, I watched Power Rangers growing up. I feel like this is where they got their inspiration from that campy fighting that it's almost not like fighting. It's just a bunch of zooming up and zooming out of cameras and, 
and terrible throws and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly can't tell you if I've watched a Toho version of Godzilla, but I do remember as a child the Matthew Broderick coming out, uh, and then as a child not understanding why everyone hated that version. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, yeah, the Matthew Bro- the funny thing is I turned it off. I I remember yeah. I watched it right until I think there was a whole bunch of small lizards, small lizards in Madison Square Gardens. Yeah. And I I kind of lost interest. I was like I think I'm done. Um so I so, don't know. Uh it, it's like I said, I think it's campy enough that it just it fits my collection in that way. Um but Godzilla no, it's not on the top of my list. It's nowhere near I don't even know if it's on my top 20 of my lists. Okay. That being said, when it was released and you took a look at it, what did you think? I thought, holy crap, this thing is packed. The theme integration is amazing. Right. That was my thought is that this looks fun. Like I I showed it to my daughter who's six and she said, wow, that looks fun. Yeah. My six-year-old daughter and saw this game and said, that looks fun. So I was like, you know what? I think I missed the ball on this. That this is this is a good theme. I don't like I said, I don't know if it's the theme, but I when you've got a five level skyscraper in your game that sinks into the play field, you've got something special. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, has that ever been done before? I know we talked Doctor Who, but other than that, I've never thought of a interactive toy like this that keeps the flow going i don't know i'm just i'm impressed with it and i mean the 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 theme is is on par mm-hmm. i just and and i love zombie yeti artwork i think he does a great job i don't know why he causes some diversity on pin side uh, some diversity <laughs> division yeah. what's the division word yeah, yeah yeah he's he can be divisive, especially on this. <coughs> but okay, uh, but I thought the game looked fun. So the the initial impression on it, I was like, wow, this this is going to be good. Because really, I was kind of on the fence about whether or not I was going to buy this game because of the rumored theme and it not really resonating with me. But now I'm I'm all in. Yeah. Um. So okay. So so let's talk about the art. Um. I I guess I'll go first on this one. I think Zombie Yeti did a great job of threading that needle of taking something that's old and campy and making it old and camp. Like it still looks old and campy, but it visually yep. it pops. Yep. And it definitely has his style. He, he has mastered um, Jeremy has mastered being able to, to do a great playfield art package. And I think it works really well for this. And I, you have to, you can't go black and white on this. You yeah. have to have that, that kind of modern comic booky feel because that's in, it feels kind of like a seventies comic book. And I know that, uh, that Godzilla span spanned earlier than that, but this, uh, I think thematically it, it dialed in exactly what it needed to for this theme. Yep. I agree. The artwork is, I, it's on par. It's good. I don't understand when people are like, well, it looks too much like Avengers. Also, then you could say that it looks too much like Ninja Turtles and it looks too much like Deadpool. That's zombie Yeti style. You it's don't complain. A AC- yeah. yeah, you don't complain. ACDC all sounds the same. It's because it's that's the way they play their music. It just, well, I do. Have, I do have a friend who says uh, 
I ask him about U2 and he says, I don't like that song. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but looking okay. at this, like the thing it looks I great, appreci- though. It looks, it looks great. great. Uh, the thing I appreciate about Zombie Yeti, I know that Franchi does this as well, but they take the source material and they just, they dive deep into it. Mm-hmm. And, and part of it is like with Turtles, I know with Jeremy Packard, he he grew up with turtles. It meant a huge deal to him to do that artwork, and so there's a lot of passion that oozes out onto the playfield. If you if you don't believe me on this, look at the Primus playfield. That man loves Primus. He's done flyers for him and everything. And the Primus playfield, if you know their history and stuff like that, that playfield is just a love letter to Primus. It is fantastic, yeah. and I feel like you're getting the same thing with Godzilla here. Yeah, it's uh, if there's if there's one criticism I could possibly make is um, the side art on the pro and the premium. They just mirrored the sides like he didn't do anything unique on either side. It's just the the same thing on both sides. Okay. so in that's now that's kind of a small criticism, but it, it is something that some people will look at and say, why? Why isn't it unique? Uh, on each side, uh, yeah. the LE, it is unique on each side. Um, the, the play field itself looks very similar. I don't even know how much, uh, he had to change between the, the pro and the premium just because the layout seems pretty identical. Um, the major challenges is you don't have, uh, the elevator, uh, well, whatever the building skyscraper, the skyscraper, you don't have that. And you don't have the mechanized, uh, Godzilla or the mecha Godzilla. What is it? Mecha Godzilla. Mecha Godzilla. You don't have that, but everything else looks very similar. So I think it was easier for, well, he didn't have to change too much. So it actually feels very similar, which I think is a big plus really. Yeah. Overall, I, I enjoy the art. Yeah, I think I, I think it looks good. It's on par of what it needs to be. I feel like Zombie Yeti kind of redefined what art should be for pinball. Yeah, and uh, it it hits on all cylinders for me. It it sold me on the art. Not yeah. not the game itself sold me on the art, but what I'm saying is, it's like I don't know. I guess I guess my expectations aren't really hard when it comes to art because I feel like anything from 2010 to now. Uh, it's been a lot better than everything from 2020. They've been more hit. They've been yeah. more hit than miss. Absolutely. Yeah. I so. mean, even ACDC, I don't know. It's kind of cut and paste. Uh, I know some of it's hand drawn, but I mean, even that artwork's a lot better than let, let's say like 24 or oh, Avatar. Those are, those are you know what I'm saying? Those yeah. Terrible, and yeah. so I'm just, you're getting your money's worth for the artwork here. That's my opinion. Yeah. So it, it certainly is a pretty piece that you will put in your house. Yep. All right. And, uh, okay. So I max, wow. Um, well, let's talk about price increase too. Yeah. Do, what so, do you want to do max first or do you want to do price? increase? Well, let's talk about the price increase first because I think it'll actually play into it. Okay. Um, and so the price increase, it is, uh, it's a big jump. And so I, I, this will be interesting to see. So the pro model goes up to six thousand eight hundred ninety nine. So basically six thousand nine hundred dollars. Um, premium is eight thousand nine hundred ninety nine, which is basically nine thousand. Yep. And limited edition is ten thousand four hundred ninety nine. So 
10,500. So I, you're still keeping that uh, standard $1,200 difference between the premium and the, uh, well, actually, wait, sorry. No, that's a $2,200 difference. Yeah, $2,200 difference between the pro and the premium. And the LE is another $1,500. So really between the pro and the LE, wow, that's it's getting pretty much, I mean, it's not double, but it's getting close. Yeah. So that's a big jump in prices. So Josh, explain this to me. Well, Chemical alluded a lot to it when we talked to him in the in the podcast two weeks mm-hmm. ago. You know, pinball prices, it's not even just pinball. It's it's the economic situation has gotten out of control. Wood is getting I mean, you could buy wood for four times less last year than it is right now. It just shipping costs good luck in finding a shipping container. And then you start talking about air freight, and that's even more money. It just Am I just? I don't want to say I'm justifying the the price raise, but we're it's not just Stern, and we saw Spooky when they revealed Halloween. Yes, their base unit stayed the same price. Halloween stayed the same price as Rick and Morty, but everything else, their new two tiers above that, mm-hmm. is well above what the Bloodsuckers was. Yeah. Um, who was the other one that just announced? There, there was one other that just announced too, and their prices. They, I mean, they've look all at, gone up. They, They've they, all won. JJP yeah. last year went up a thousand dollars. Yeah, they, they, they raised that to... after they had started selling the game, so yeah. that that was shocking. Yeah. So, so part of me is like, this has to be out of necessity. If everyone's doing it, mm. there, there's got to be some kind of. It, it goes back to the fact I think there's still we're still seeing shortages. Places prices are growing up, going up on metals and wood. Does that justify the, the twelve hundred dollars on a premium? Yeah, so so th- uh-huh. that's what I'm getting at. I think it's a combination of necessity and popularity. Yep. Okay, this is going back to basic economics 101. You have a supply and demand curve, yep. and when the supply is is low, then the and the demand goes up, then the prices are going to go up. Yep. So when you have a situation where used games are going for similar or equal or more than new in box games yeah then then the pricing is not accurate because it does it's not accurate for demand um so i think it was raised for two reasons i think it was raised possibly for supply issues but i think it was also raised to say it's the same thing about ticket resellers people complain and complain about ticket resellers buying up tickets and then scalping them for twice to three times. Okay. Guess what? If they're able to sell a ticket for $500 that they bought for a hundred dollars, then the, then Taylor Swift should have sold it for $500. She shouldn't have sold it for $100 because she was selling it for under market value. And so if you sell it for what's market value, then that's what you'll get. And so it's legitimate to say they're raising, uh, they're likely raising how much they're getting from each machine. Yeah. Now, I also think that there's a little bit of an arms race. When you look at uh, when Steve Ritchie goes over to JJP and he, he subtly says the cuffs are off and everybody looked at that and said, well, okay, so that's a, 
a build of materials issue. If you're handcuffed by something, that means that you are limited by design. And limited by design means you don't have everything you want to put in a game. So is it possible that these, I think there's three fold issues to this. One, uh, the costs have gone up. Two, I think they've actually raised their build of materials. I think they're actually allowing the designers to put a little more into it because we're going to get into it. This game looks more packed than any game Stern has ever made. Uh, And three, I think there is a, hey, it's selling for more. Who should get the price? Should a flipper get the price or should Stern get the price? And the answer is Stern should get the price. So I'm, I, and I, it's hard for me to say that I am cheering for these prices to go up, but the bottom line is we knew they were going up just on the secondhand market. Yeah. Like you look at all of, uh, like all of the, the LEs, the, the, the Jurassic Park LE, and it's going for like $13,000. Yeah. I didn't pay $13,000 for mine, but that's what it's going for. And so if Stern is able to do that and they, they increase the amount of uh, LEs they're building, they're doing a thousand of them and they sold out almost instantly. Mm-hmm. And I was actually, now I will say this is a tooting my own horn. Uh, I was able to find an LE for a friend who said he couldn't find one. So Tim Purcell, you're welcome. I agree with you. I think it, it shows that the, the marketplace is healthy. Um, I think the people to claim that it's solely a cash grab, uh, that's a little, naive it's my object um, and it's self-serving yeah. to say mm-hmm. that i like buying cheap stuff yep and so uh and and i think they timed it perfectly i th- i think because this was originally supposed to come out with avengers last year is what we were told uh you mean the connectivity yeah the internet or, stuff yeah. sorry and so i think they saw that prices were already rising as is and they figured, well, let's hold off on the internet stuff and we'll do it all at once. I think that they've been wanting to rise prices for right now, but the, I think they were so nervous to see what was going to fluctuate with the economy that, that this is why they've held off. Yeah, um, that's fair. Like I said, am I happy with the price raise? No. It, but but oh it's, well. pre- it's predictable. And, yeah. and uh, I will counter argue to say, would you like to be involved in a hobby where people are selling their games just to get out of the hobby? And yeah. so you're buying all these games for cheap, but everybody's saying, you know, pinball's dead. This is terrible. We're done. Well, and even looking at Godzilla, this brings excitement. Yeah. I mean, this, the mech, mechs in this game, the, the innovation on it. Okay. So, so let, let's transition then. So we talked about pricing. So now, yeah. Let's talk about the game. So what's in the game, Josh? Uh, a five-story skyscraper, a breaking bridge. You got Mecha Godzilla that has a turntable in front premium. of him. Yeah, a turntable with a ramp on it. That way you can ramp it up and he'll catch it with a magnet. And that turntable turns so that way you've got three stand-up targets to hit. I mean, the pop bumper is in a, I would call the TNA location because that's tna did it first but uh just and there's a lot of metal there's a lot of metal ramps um well actually it's in the tna location okay really it's in the pot wall and that twilight zone had the pot bumpers down low too yeah but it's a single pot bumper in that one location yeah that's true 
uh, Pat Lawler's like, I'm putting five right there. And everyone's like, hey, that's Adam's family. Welcome welcome home, I guess. Right. Uh, uh, anywho, I just, this game for the premiums pack, the, and what's crazy to me is how stripped down the pro is. Uh, okay, well, is it stripped down for, um, do you think it's stripped down for a pro or stripped down compared to the premium? Because if I sorry, look at- stripped down for the, compared to a premium. Well, okay. So I would say strip down compared to this premium, because if I look at this, I still argue that this is a pretty crazy deluxe pro. Yeah. Okay. Compare this with Iron Man. Yeah, true. Good point. This, this has wire form ramps. This has three flippers. This has all these crazy things. If I had released the pro five years ago, you would have said, this is amazing. This is a game changer. Oh, and I also forgot. So there's one new feature on here that I didn't include on the mix. The f- industry first, the magna grab. Yeah, that claw thing. Yeah. Well, no, it's this big post here. If you look next to the skyscraper. Yeah. And there's actually a captive Sorry. ball I, in When there. I say the claw thing, if you look at uh, Jeremy's oh, yeah. art, there's yeah. a Godzilla claw underneath. Ah, I gotcha. So... But yeah, that thing has a ball in it as well. There's a captive ball in there as well. Yeah. So. Wait, there's no. Wait, wait, there's a captive ball too. Yeah, you look at it from a different angle where it's where it's sitting down. You can see there's a ball behind it. Oh, really? Okay. It just looked like a curved metal thing. Exactly. That's what I thought too. Until they'd said on the the insider podcast that that actually has a captive ball behind there as well. I am an insider. I just haven't actually uh, listened to it yet because I've been working all week. So. But no, I, I now that you bring up that point, if you were to compare this to an Iron Man, yeah, this is this is a lot more packed than an Iron Man. Well, yes and no. I guess Warmonger is a pretty good toy, but uh, you mean Ironmonger? Yeah, the that Warmonger dude. is the the uh, the rocket shot. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. But yeah, I don't know. This has got a lot more wire form and stuff to it compared to that game, definitely. Yeah. So this is, uh, it, it's great. It's amazing. So I, yeah. this is packed. So I also suspect that maybe there was something that, that Keith really wanted to do and they allowed him to have a few extra dollars in the building material because the prices, this isn't standard across the board prices. Yeah. This is prices for Godzilla. And for the other games, they said they're ra- they're raising them three hundred dollars till the end of the year. Yeah, and then there's going to be a different price. And then there's going to be a different price. And so I actually feel that this is kind of a borderline premium game. Like a, yeah. when I say a premium, like, like a, a like, like a Kapow an, title, like a Kapow. I know this isn't a Kapow title, but this all this feels like it is so packed with everything that this is. Um, a, a super premium game. I agree. Cause I, I don't know how, how other, like how many mechs, this thing looks more packed than I would say, uh, Avengers. And I thought Avengers look packed. What's your takeaway from, from Godzilla? Uh, I think it's a fun campy theme that while the theme doesn't do much for me specifically, Everybody knows who Godzilla is and everybody knows he's coming to destroy the city, but he also somehow becomes like saving the earth uh, from aliens and stuff. So it's, it's just, 
it, it's totally campy and fun. And having that, uh, that bridge ramp that breaks yep. is just cool looking. Yep. I, I don't know how else to say it. It's just really interesting. Um, and the Easter egg of having the, the Papa carpet on there is just a, it, that's, that's really clever and a great nod to the Papa facility. Yeah. Um, but that, that breaking bridge, just it, that's brilliant. Um, so th- there's two things that I think are amazing is the, uh, the skyscraper that goes up and down, but also the bridge. Uh, those are the two things that, that jump at me. What do you think, Josh? I think the skyscraper is pretty awesome. Uh, realizing if you look at that, uh, they had to engineer that so it didn't actually hit the bottom of the cabinet when it sunk all the way down. That's what I was kind of, well, does it sink all the way down? Cause I, cause mm-hmm. it's the physical ball lock yep. that is on top and they kind of spill out. Does yeah. it actually go all the way down? So it goes the vast majority of the way down. So the, if you look at the, the top of the roof, yeah. lifts up and yeah. then the balls come across this clear plastic that's right above the the bottom door oh okay because i still I, that's i kept looking that like how far down i thought i kind of d- dumped down oh oh yeah i see okay yep. i didn't see exactly where they dumped down but yeah that's going down a mm, probably about four and a half inches that's i thought they said it was six inches in total it goes down six inches in total that, that's wow. what i was that's yeah. what i think they said there on that's pretty impressive. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited to get my hands on this game. And and cr- a crazy detail looking at that Godzilla sculpt. Yeah. And that's pretty good. I mean for for the uh for the flack they got for having the uh you know the the dishwashing glove for uh, the gauntlet that uh, that Thanos had. Yep. This is uh that's pretty darn good. Yep. I agree. Yeah. So, did you know that? Did you know that our logo is actually on this game as well? <laughs> what isn't? <laughs> did you see? So Keith Elwin is actually drawn onto the game. Oh, even though his hat is backwards, I was told that is a loser kid. It hat, has to. So. It has to be. <laughs> so our logo is on this game. Yeah. Along with our Twippy, I heard that. I heard that there's a Twippy. We did get on a Twippy. Me. Yeah, uh, he got it. Oh no, yeah. our future Twippy. You know. Oh yeah, exactly. No, but it, there is a there is a Gary Stern on that. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah, that's he's running awesome. away. That that's uh, that was a great touch, uh, Jeremy. Yes. So there's some wonderful Easter eggs in here. Yeah, so. it's, you know what? They've just. Um, I am so excited with everything that Stern has been putting out. It's been. Uh, they really have raised their game. Well, I actually want to hit on on two more things. Uh, okay. Let's really quickly. You said that you heard some positive things about Cam and Cow. You heard some interesting things. What what did you? What was your res- responses you got? Oh well, I, I thought there were people who laughed a little bit about um, the Beatles, and they said that sold out. I'm like, ah, may or may not be sold out. Uh, that could be <laughs> that could be some gamesmanship. Uh, now that being said. I do like the Beatles. I know some people really don't like it and they say it's a very stripped down. You're paying a premium for what should be a $5,000 game. I, I get it. But if you take everything away from that game, that um, if you take the pricing away from the game and just play the game, I bet everybody will say, you know what? That is a fantastic integration of, yeah. of the theme and it's fun. And, and it's a fun family game that you can have. 
so that that's actually why it jumped me up to say eh, I'm I'm actively looking for a Beatles now. So if anyone has a Beatles out there that they're uh, tired of uh, and want to sell it to me, uh, I'm not going to pay $14,000 for it, but you can go ahead and contact us. Uh, yeah, the but w- what reinforced it was the theme is King. Um, he claimed that Guns N' Roses were selling for super high amount. Yeah, that's not really true. Uh, they're They're not super available because I think people like yeah. it. But when they do come available, they're they're not eleven thousand yeah. dollars. Uh, Back to the Future people only buy those just because of the the name. I mean, yeah. he uh, he capitalized on the licensing magic. So uh, I I doubt that if you if uh, Stern released Lord of the Rings and it was called uh, like like uh, short people and trolls, yeah. uh, you you would D&D. not be. Right, D and D, yeah, it would not be the same. Yeah. So he found lightning in a bottle on that. Now he's very good at that, but you know, it's he certainly has no love for Robert Mueller, and I, I share that with him. Uh, yeah, I, but I, it was really awesome to talk to Joe, and I really appreciate him coming on. So, it, what what was your uh, take back on Joe's? Uh, a lot of positive positive comments came back. Uh, a lot of people enjoyed the interview. Uh, a lot of people did point out that me and you got a whopping like 17 words in on the yeah. whole thing. Well, okay. He was like, it was like, uh, he was a jukebox. You put a quarter in him and he just went off and it was like, wow, oh, yeah. that's, that's really good. He was, yeah. he was awesome. He was, he was a fantastic guest. He was, uh, like I said, he's very confident and whatnot. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed having him on some of the stuff I felt, felt was very left park ish, but a lot of it was pretty spot on, I think, what he said. Right. And he, he obviously is a – he knows what he's doing. Um, now, some people said about him being very confident about getting the license. And and even, uh, you know, even uh, our friends at the, the pinball show with, uh, <laughs> with um, Zach and Dennis, they were talking about whether or not uh, he would be the one to get a license. They said, well, Roger Sharp. I'm like, maybe uh, – Roger Sharp certainly knows his way around licensing. Yeah. However, Joe has worked with Harry Potter. And so I, I Warner brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't feel that it was bravado for him to say, if there's a game done, he's going to do it. I think that is a done deal. Like it will be him when, and if Harry Potter is made. And I would be shocked if anybody else got the license away from him. Uh, speaking of the pinball show, I just wanted to bring this up really quick because it's funny because we talk about this in private and then it, we talk about it in public and then we talk about it in private. Uh, the Goonies, because obviously Joe Cam and Cow, uh, it's funny that, that Dennis said they should have cut that out. I laughed so hard. Yeah, I was laughing. I was just laughing. because yeah. it was such a genuine reaction of what Joe had said when, when you said the Goonies and he's like, wait, what about the Goonies? And and you had said, you know, it's a, it's a bad theme or whatever for pinball. Yeah. And he's just like, Oh, it just, <laughs> it, it, I laugh. So no, hard. I, I was laughing pretty hard. And the, the best part about it is we're interviewing him with a video on. And so we were able to see his reactions yeah. and some of the reactions aren't going to translate uh, as well uh, on just a, a voice medium, but it, it was a genuine reaction. So I, I had a good laugh too. Yeah. But one thing that we did and neither one of us have talked about the pinball show or us. So what's our, uh, we posted, you know, 
would you like a Goonies? You know, wrapping up episode 72 with the pinball show, put nice job, Zach and Dennis and Brad Albright. Uh, I would, I figured instead of emailing us, you can just vote here. Is Goonies a dated theme that doesn't hold up and isn't the best theme for pinball at the moment? Or do you believe Goonies would be epic and still good as ever, as it ever was? Uh, comments, we got almost 60 comments on this bad boy. I mean, people jumped on and they really did range. I mean, great theme, really think it's a gold mine uh, to... It's been so long since I've watched it. I'd have to watch it again before I tell you. But honestly, maybe that's saying something right there. Uh, Goonies does absolutely nothing for me. You're you're dated. Goonies never die. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dated. Goonies are dated. You're dated. (laughs) Uh, It would be epic. Dated theme. It's okay. I mean, it it really... If you were to take a poll... Yeah, I counted these all up, and uh, what was it like? Sixty percent of them said that it was a dated theme, and there's better themes out there. Where the other forty uh, percent said, "Hey, it, it's it's a really good theme. It would do really well in pinball." Yeah, honestly, what's the threshold? Watch- what what's the threshold? You're you're rarely going to get a hundred percent theme. Yeah. And so at what point do they say, you know what, there's enough of the pinball market that's interested in that theme that makes it worthwhile for them? The the other one that made me laugh that stood out, Ian Harrower, he posted, I love the Goonies, great movie. I can see the cast so vividly in my mind. And he posted a picture, but it wasn't of the Goonies. It was <laughs> of the guys from Stand By Me. Stand By Me, yeah, that was so, so good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, there's people are claiming Back to the Future, Scooby Doo. I'd rather see Gremlins top or Top Gun. I mean, it just okay, yeah, I agree Gremlins with you. Gremlins is not going to get made. I, no, th- 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 there's no chance. Top Gun, I could actually see Top Gun getting made, especially with uh, Maverick coming out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's... I just I okay. So so here's the question, Josh. Like, yeah. if you were in a theme presentation, uh, like, okay. You present different themes. Um, hey guys, we got Godzilla. How many people are interested in Godzilla? Yeah. Like, do you really think of the pinball community that more than forty percent were interested in that theme? I, I would rank it lower. But I would made rank it, it lower. And I, I actually, get, I bet they're going to sell a billion of these things. Don't tell Zach I said this, but I really think that Goonies would be higher up on the list than Godzilla. Yeah. I, well, I. I I totally agree with you. That's my point is that on our responses, you had 40% of people saying that they were connected with the theme. And so there has to be some market testing, but at what point do they say, yes, we can make this theme because it will sell. But But, there are a lot of people who who hated star Wars and star Wars is way in my wheelhouse. So I don't know. I, the thing about Godzilla, here's the thing about Godzilla is it's such an influential theme. It's, it dates back to 1954 and it just it has permeated society on a world scale mm-hmm. that he is recognizable almost anywhere in the world so that's why i'm like godzilla makes sense to a point and, and I, I just don't know where goonies lands i that's the thing is is godzilla still ha- godzilla still having movies made where goonies i don't know isn't <laughs> just yeah but you know again um I'm, what's the next rumored title? 
uh, Rush, isn't it? Yeah. How many people like Rush? Yeah. I I, I like Rush. So, yeah. but they it they've even made jokes in you know I went to uh, I went to a it was a last tour. It was called uh, uh, Cinema Strangiato because uh, one of their um, one of their instrumentals is called Levia Strangiato. Yeah. Uh, but it actually talked about their last tour. Yeah. And they were interviewing uh, Tom Morello's wife. And Tom Morello's wife, uh, he said, I liked her because she was a Rush fan. She was an original Rush fan before Rush was cool. And they even had like a counter that came up and said total total female Rush fans. And it counted up to seven. <laughs> so you're obviously Rush. They're never considered a cool band. Uh, they, so you're already dealing with half of the demographic right there and you're dealing with a very niche thing, but it's, it's rumored that that's the next thing that's coming up. So they will take chances on themes that will connect with enough people to sell. Well, and here's, here's my thought process. So on all of this is, yeah, we, we came out with an episode a couple weeks ago about the secret sauces theme, right? Mm -hmm. I'm believing more and more. It's not just theme theme is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But I would argue that Led Zeppelin is a bigger theme than Godzilla. Yeah. Led Zeppelin's one of the top selling bands of all time. It's up there with Beatles. It, it is what it is. Um, but I feel like Led Zeppelin mm -hmm. was lackluster. I'm not saying that the game was bad. I just I feel like the game didn't do as well. And, and granted, Godzilla's only been out for three days now. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the reception to Godzilla is a lot, lot warmer than it is Led Zeppelin. And I attribute a lot of that to, A, Keith Elwin has an innovative design that hasn't been really seen before, where Zepp Zeppelin felt like, oh, here's another Star Trek, here's another... It's a Richie's greatest hits. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I, I'm, I'm starting to believe, yeah, theme is king, but you have to have the band to back it up um, if you want a, a really good selling pinball machine. Yeah, so. I, you're right on. Um, uh, this was, I would say, the theme of this game that came out. Do you want to know the important theme? The number one selling theme was Keith Elwin and Rick Nagel. Yeah. And uh, Zombie Yeti. So it's that it's that group. They got the band back together and they put one out. Um, Zeppelin. I I did talk. I I have a good friend who's a distributor, um, a local one here in Utah, and I picked his brain and I said, "Hey, what uh, what is your interest? Like, what are people asking you about?" And he said, "I haven't had one inquisition on Led Zeppelin." I'm Crazy. like, really. It's like, okay, so what what are you getting asked on? He's like, well, I'm getting asked a lot on Deadpool. I'm getting a lot uh, a lot of questions on Jurassic Park, um, uh, Avengers Premium, and Mandalorian. And those were the top ones that he was getting in, you know inquiries for. Yeah. And I I may have one of the few Led Zeppelins in the state. So it's, I, I don't think it was a big selling game because I think there wasn't much that uh, was different for, uh, for fans. Yep. I agree. It, it's still fun though. I, I, I like playing the game, but I think I like playing the game because I get to hear the music and it's a yep. cool light show. Yep.
So, so honestly, like I said, I still feel like Goonies is dated. I feel like it doesn't hold up. I, I watched it recently, but honestly, if Godzilla can make a theme that looks this amazing and whatnot, I think in the right hands, you could make an amazing treasure hunting pirate game that is Goonies themed. I mean, we've done it multiple times before with Black Rose and Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff like that. Um, I don't know, but I feel that exact same way about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I mean, there's so much on that movie slash comic book that you could do a lot of great things with it. And it's not, but it wouldn't be out of Stern's wheelhouse because you're making movie slash comic book pins all the time. So I don't know. I'm kind of getting to the point where it's like theme is awesome and great, but I think, I think. It's not the only thing. It's, it's not, not the only, only thing. thing. If you can make a heavy metal pinball machine, there's not much out there you can't make, yeah. in my opinion. With uh, okay, so one final question I do have. Okay. You're Charlie Emery. Yes. This is your passion theme, and it is well documented that you wanted this theme, and you wanted to have it a spooky game. So you see the reveal with everybody else. What is your reaction? I'm not even go there, man, because I, I know that Charlie loves this and, and whatnot. Um, I, I I don't know. There's so much in depth that I, there's emotions. I don't, I don't even understand because he makes pinball and this is his theme and all that jazz. So I, I bet he's happy. I, I bet it's a, a mixed bag of emotions. That is exactly what I'm getting at. Um, I think it's a mixed. Uh, he he is conflicted because he certainly w- he would have poured his heart and soul into this game. Yeah, and he would have done everything he possibly could to make it an awesome game, and he would have nailed the theme. Yeah, I I I would argue that Stern's ability to do um, advanced level game stuff is, is higher. I mean, they're, they're a bigger company. Stern Stern can do things with a game that spooky just doesn't have the resources for. And so I would say as a fan, he's looking at this and saying, this is awesome and amazing. And I think Keith was able to nail the theme. He was able to nail the integration and he was able to do some really awesome things. Um, I think it probably, you know, emotionally it's a stab at Charlie because he's not, he wasn't able to do it, but from a fan side, I think he has to be excited that this looks so amazing and it's so well received for such a, such a niche theme. No, I'm, I'm excited. I I mean, it's, it's another good day in pinball. It's a lot better this month than it was last month getting that news. Oh Yeah. No, I, so. I think this is uh, it's it, it, it uh, it's morning in America. So if you're old <laughs> enough to know that that the, that theme, then you're probably interested in the Led Zeppelin game. So, or you need to take some ibuprofen for your back. Yeah, exactly. You need time to schedule a colonoscopy, kids. Exactly. So, well, I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, we we've covered Kapow. We've covered uh, we've covered Godzilla. We've is there anything else I'm missing before? Oh, I want to say one more. Sorry, one more thought. It just hit my head. Uh, 
Ian Haberman, man. Uh, sad to see you go. Sad to see you step down from Poor Man's Pinball Podcast. I get it. Scott and I have been doing this for almost three years. Um, I remember us sitting down with Martin, rushing over the Willy Wonka uh, notes and watching that live on stream and seeing you and Drew scurry up to Wonka with your your poor man shirts on and getting ready to play some pinball. We've had some really great interactions behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. Man, it's like I get it. Life life gets in the way and and life is definitely more important than a podcast. But uh, I I don't know. Part of the class of 2019, I guess that would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sad to see one of you guys go and, and he'll probably still be around. We still hear from Fowler and stuff like that occasionally on a podcast, but, yeah. uh, good luck in life, man. I know yep. that you've, you've had some so, really, uh, rough times these past couple days or these past couple months. Uh, I hope life gets better. Yeah. It's a melancholy, so, happy trails. So, yeah. So, uh, very unique. You guys did good. You did good work with poor man and, and good luck to Drew with whatever he decides to do with poor man. So absolutely. Anything else? No, I think I think it's great. Uh, it now this is the uh, this is the question that I want you guys to answer. Um, were you one? It's a two part one. Were you interested in Godzilla as a theme before? And two, if you are buying a Godzilla, which version did you get? So shoot us those responses. Sorry, one last question for you, Scott. Okay, all right. Okay, one last question. I know you've been dying. I know you've mm. heard this question a month ago, and you've been dying to answer it. You ready for this? Yep. Okay. Segment still. You are on a boat, <laughs> and you can only save either Jeff Teolis or Martin Robbins. Okay, you know what? It's it's no question. Um, I am. Uh, you know what? I am going to, uh, I'm going to throw myself overboard and save those beautiful people. I'm going to stab myself <laughs> and jump into the water for those sharks. And then I'll ride them like those girls on Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't see the Atlantis thing. coming. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. One of the most awkward play fields out there. So. Oh my goodness. That's- anyway, I love you, Jeff. And even though Martin, you were going to stab me, still love you. <laughs> All right, we're we're ending on that. If you if you want to get a hold of us, we are Loser Kid Pinball Podcast at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Loser Kid Pinball. We do stream occasionally at Loser Kid Pinball on Twitch. Uh, I just posted one for Avengers. We had some fun there. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, like I said, email us. Facebook's probably the best way to do it. Uh, I do have a couple hats in stock. If you're coming to Expo, we're going to be there. Uh, please give me a heads up if you want any swag whatsoever. So we can either A, get specific specific thing printed like a shirt or I cannot get the hoodies right now. I, Scott doesn't even have a hoodie because I can't get the hoodies. I, I don't know why the crap hoodies are on back order, but they're on back order. Uh, we got stickers. We got all that jazz. I, I think I still got some beanies floating around. If you really want that stuff, let us know so we can bring it to Expo with us. So, yeah, and we may have a new hat design. Oh, really? Spoiler. Well, you're going to have to tell me about that. So, <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks, guys. Check us out. All right. See you in a couple weeks. Okay, bye.
down.